Good morning, uh, Christ City Church. Uh, my name is Matthew. I serve as one of the pastors here. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, I would love to meet you at the end of it. Um, and also, I know uh, some folks, it's their first time here, and just want to acknowledge and welcome you and just say um, how courageous that you are. And, and thank you for joining us um, in this moment, this morning. Um, I'm going to share some things with you. Some of you know this. For others of you, I'm about to blow your mind. You ready? Strap in. Um, I used to be a professional dancer. Be amazed. That's right. It's true. Um, I learned uh, to dance a pretty niche dance called baile folklorico. It's a style of dance. It's hey, some, anybody else? Anybody? Any baile folklorico? Yeah, perfect. I, I see that head nod. Surprisingly, perfect. <laughs> Uh, pretty, uh, pretty common form of dance throughout much of Latin America. I learned the form that's traditional to Mexico. Uh, I danced in high school. I won competitions. I danced in parades, got a scholarship to dance, and I uh, danced professionally uh, for, uh, for a group for a brief time. Right? <laughs> Fortunately for so many of you, it's pre-YouTube. <laughs> Only still photos show you later when you're over at the house. Still have my boots. It's a pretty good dancer. Um, how I got into dancing, though, that's a very different story. Um, when I was 12 years old, uh, I went to my cousin's wedding. Uh, she uh, was, lived in Atlanta. I was in Dallas at the time, so we drove over to Atlanta. While I was at the wedding, uh, sort of the few days kind of leading up to it, I, I met a young lady. It was a, you know, I don't know, some distant cousin. I don't know. It was the other side of the family. I didn't know who she was. Uh, developed a little crush on her. Her name was Tatiana. That's right, 12-year-old me. Uh, she was a number of years older than me. I think she was like 16. I was 12. But, you know, man, if confidence was in nickels, I'd be a millionaire back then. You know, like, <laughs> it didn't matter. I, I had loads of fragile courage. Uh, and so in the days kind of leading up to the wedding, I was building up my courage to approach her. Um, and the night of the wedding, uh, during the reception, uh, you know, the you know, cousin, she had, you know, they had a, like a wedding band up there, they had a little uh, parquet uh, dance floor in the backyard, and a 12-year-old me, man, I downed a glass of, like Martinelli's, and I'm like, all right, here I go, shooting my shot, uh, and I walked up to her and I asked her for a dance. She said, yes, of course. I mean, well, I mean, who wouldn't say yes? <laughs> and man, I was giving it my best show, man, and I'm dancing, I'm moving, I'm trying to figure it out as a 12-year-old, you know, wasn't quite, uh, you know, the dancing star that you see in front of you. And at some point during the dance, she steps back from dance room and she looks at me and she goes, you're not moving your feet enough. And I was like, what? She said I wasn't dancing very well. She wasn't harsh about it, but I was devastated. What? I came out of that moment and I swore from that point forward, I would never let the dance floor down or anybody else I was dancing with. And I went home, and I practiced. And I practiced all the dances. I remember sneaking cardboard, because um, my dad, he would, he would like, always like throw stuff away, say, you know, just random stuff kind of laying around, like he would just like throw it away if it wasn't nailed down. And I remember sneaking cardboard into the window of my apartment complex, into my bedroom, so that I could practice break dancing with my buddies kind of in privacy before I just 
before I just did it out on the streets because that could have really crushed me, uh, you know, somebody seeing that business. Um, you know, and so I, I would go to, I, mean, I, would, I was just sharing this with one of my sons. I would sneak into, I don't know if I should share this. I, I would sneak into like honky-tonks. I would do break dance, honky-tonks, R&B. It didn't matter to me. I wanted to learn all of it, all just so that I could become the best dancer that I could ever be. I never took classes because we just didn't have money for that kind of thing when I was growing up. But I always found folks that would teach me. Now, a couple of years later, after the wedding dance debacle, uh, I'm at a school dance, Gaston Middle School, and I'm dancing with Beverly Sheehan. I grew up with Beverly. I knew her. She knew me. We lived, moved in kind of different circles, but we knew each other. And at some point, I'm dancing with Beverly, and she steps back just like Tatiana, and I'm like, oh, God, dog, what's about to happen here? And she says, Matthew, you are a really good dancer. <laughs> That's right. Yes, I would go on to secure other awards, and I'm not going to dance for you in this moment, so. Trying to focus on Christ in this moment, not me. That's, uh, but there, when Beverly Shin said that to me, that's when I knew that work had paid off. I was the same kid, but I'd also changed. A change had happened. I'd had an experience somewhere on a dance floor in Atlanta and then in a cafeteria in Dallas. There was a relationship. There was a person, Tatiana or Beverly or someone in my life that had sort of fostered some measure of change. There was an obstacle or a challenge for me to overcome. I wanted to become a better dancer. Babette Buster is a screenwriter and story consultant for Pixar Pictures. And in her book entitled Do Story, she writes, Stories are always about transformation. Fundamentally, we're being called to change, to discover the courage to become our best selves. This week, as we continue in the Learning to Live series, we will explore our stories, the stories uh, of our lives. And our aim in this work is to recognize that in our stories, in our lives, that God has been with us throughout all of our lives. Next week, we're going to consider give consideration to God's story and how our story and God's story both intersects and is intertwined. But first, let's start where we are. If you're just joining us or you've missed us uh, for a few weeks, we're at the front end of a new sermon series and a discipleship emphasis that we're going through as a church. As Pastor Justin shared uh, in the opening sermon in this series, for the next three months leading up to Easter Sunday, uh, we will be walking through a discipleship journey called Learning to Live. We're following a curriculum that Pastor Justin wrote a number of years ago, specifically for our church, with the simple hope that we as individuals and that we as a congregation and as a community might better learn how to live as Jesus lived and that we might better learn how to live as Jesus would if he were in our place. Now, uh, until Easter, Learning to Live is going to be the focus of our sermons. It's going to be the focus of our small group meetings and, and our Kid City. where uh, Many of our leaders are writing a Kid City curriculum that matches Learning to Live. We're going to explore topics uh, that will help us know that we believe are essential to the Christian life. Topics like prayer and service and testimony. And as I mentioned today, we're going to explore our own stories. Because our stories and our lives are the very places and spaces where God is working. Right now and throughout our lives. 
We don't just encounter God at some point in the future, but rather, as our scripture in Psalm 139 highlighted, there's no place where God hasn't been with us. And the joys and the sorrows and the traumas and in the healing, if we would but see him there. This morning, I've invited a, a special friend of mine, a special friend of Christ City, to help me with the sermon today, Dr. Daniel Harris. is an author, an artist, an actor, a theologian. He spent two decades uh, ministering and living in downtown Memphis as a community chaplain and public, public theologian. He's recently finished his dissertation exploring the topic of theology of disability. And some of you might remember uh, Daniel from our disability theology webinar that we hosted last year. So I just invite you to welcome Daniel Harris. Hey guys. Oh. Yeah, it's on. Oh yeah. Uh, I I am so thankful to be here, but oh, a minute is an event. It been about five years, and um, yeah. So I. But I just think about and all of that. So, uh, for those of yeah, I, I do all of the things that my people say, <laughs> um, and, and a little more, but, um, <laughs> but what I'm really, what I'm really back in it, but, and we'll talk about it in a minute, but the, I'm trying to know more about who I am over the last <coughs> years. I am a man with, I am a disabled man. And that, 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 that means something that came up and that it, that is a, a part of my story. I can't get away, but know that I want to ever get away. But and, and so I, I, I go through my story. Remember, I, like where I was in, in when I came here like a year ago, more happened since then. But I'm more secure in who I am and the way God made me. And so, my, and, and so we're talking about a bit. So, growing up in eight, 
it got told by other humans that story that God loved you a lot someone with a disability so much that he he actually looked at me and go, hmm, I want to create a dental at a people man. That would be the way. That would give me that would give me delight. <coughs> and so we look at the true redemptive story that God is telling, not, not what a document is telling us or what man is telling us, but what is the story that God is telling us? And those abilities, they become brand new. We don't want the story to look at the abilities. But, you know, yeah, I would just think about right now how, you know, if what I can be my and got my away at one point you can look at a, a door like that and go, man, that I help I can't do that myself. But but then you look deeper and you look at what God is doing and you look at deeper out. No, it, it is the whole community working together. That, that is the real thing. So it's not and uh, uh, if you look at it, there is a big But But like I said before, uh, when we dig deeper, when we really look at the, the uh, real ability and the pain and the world, uh, uh, there's a lot of men there. There's a lot of what we have to do in order to bring out the story and move on from the point. We have to be real about what we're going through. Yeah, I am disabled. It is hard. It is hard. There have been times that 
but I want to run away from it. Then it brings down the uh, I yell at God and remember God's hand. Okay, now, now, I know that God created me like Now, now what? Like, what would you do? Like, you, you know how the world is. Like, like what would you do? And so, so my whole life been the thing of deep, deep, really becoming more intimate with God and who he is and talking to him like, like a real person. I, I believe that that has, that has made all relationships better. So, I've got, I've got you in. Let's think about how I've got my want to grow you and how how my God be healing you now but pain and I I wish it just be because healing that 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 word but what what it got is renewing us. We will, we will both be, or we will, who we will is all. You got me into your self, getting to know your love more every day by and all of the abandoned. Not just the good one, not just the bad one, but the ugly one, and the, the good one, and the, the bloody one. Like, like all of that help us know God more. There's so much um, that we can say uh, about the ways in which our experiences and our stories begin to become enmeshed and intertwined with uh, what God is doing in our lives. Daniel has shared a little bit about his own experience. There's other ways that, that our relationships can shape us, ways that our blessings can shape us, ways that our trials can shape us. When I think about um, relationships, one of the things that as Daniel and I were praying through and talking through and preparing for um, and reflecting on the passage, one of the things that Daniel pointed out was that in order for us to know who God is, I have to know your story as well. I don't have the lone singular view of God. I need to hear God's words through the words of others. I need to see God's work in the lives of others. I need to experience God's work of salvation through the salvation of others. Part of the Christian Reform Catechism that's often paraphrased in, 
in those denominations is regarding human, humanity's vocation is to know God and make him known. However, in order to do this, I need the stories of others so that I might see and to know God. Our faith is always shaped in relationships. It's a relationship that Jesus invites us into. It's a relationship with Christ that provides the entrance into God's kingdom. It is relationships with God and others that sustains us in our work in God's just kingdom. Um, a few years ago, Daniel and I, uh, this is, my goodness gracious, um, I was living in D.C. at the time, and it's a music festival in downtown Memphis every year. One year, Daniel goes down there, and, um, and then afterwards, uh, I was visiting in town, and I uh, saw him, and he was, he was scraped up. Um, he knows I was going to tell his story. He was scared. I said, man, what happened to you? Sometimes Daniel falls, and, um, and he said, well, I ran into some guys and, at the music festival. They saw me in the ways that I walked. They thought I was drunk. They picked on me, and they beat me up. I was heated. I was like, man, let's call down thunder. Let's call down fire. Let's figure out what we're going to do. Scorched earth. And Daniel reminded me in that moment. He said, Matthew, these are the very ones that God sent me to minister to. They don't understand care and compassion and justice. I think about that every time. As we went through our peacemaking series, I thought about Daniel and the ways that he reminded me of God's just and peaceable kingdom. Thought about that when my son was attacked on the bus. I thought about that when neighbors had been victims of violence. I thought about that when folks left our small group and then on 8th Street and were harassed. And I remember Daniel's voice to me to say, these are the very ones that God calls us to be salt and light to because we're shaped even in relationships. We're also shaped by trials. Um, Daniel, I'm going to put this section of your talk in front of you, and I'm looking at the clock, bro, and I see them people, they, they standing up on us, so we might need to move through this. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to be shaped in an empty room here in a minute. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, so when, when we look at God, then the main point that I want to bring out when God is in the middle of God, but the thing, and in the middle of God, that are real, that Hard and really emotional, and like I just tell you about my heart being a a disabled man, but um, the the thing is, what what about her? That the thing I want. And when we are talking about talking, we can remember back when I said about my church, how they be healing and all of that. Now, what, what was my real power? Like, like when, when I look at my body, it, it, is that the vow or is the vow the 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 joke and the broken 
make you believe that you are what you're not. Mm. And but uh, my hand, my, my uh, right hand, people ask me that like, oh, damn, I'm sorry about your hand. Like, I, I, I wish that one day, someday, your hand would be breaking uh, out. And it really makes me mad. Because <laughs> <laughs> my hand is created just like it both be. And I thought about my, my friend Lisa. And I thought about me. I thought about me. Yeah, and Lisa, I would not want. Would be anybody else, but I would never want to be exactly. I'm sorry that you are a woman, like I pray for you a day to change. <laughs> but one day, one day when we go to heaven. You won't be a woman no more. <laughs> and like everything will be different. No. That's who God created her to be. And so, like, I am not a man with telepathy. I am a to be body man. And, and, and when you look at that, it, like I said before, it changed the whole story. I did my dissertation on, on disability, but I also did it on the voice. Meant all about the blue. And the thing about the blue is the blue is were a act the way to tell a story like it is. No, no, making it look good, no. But but it was a way of telling the African American feeling like it is. It was one of a time of lamentation. But then you had the feel of yours, which was on the opposite of well, I know how it is. I know where I am. But tomorrow is a new day. And it won't, it won't, God is going to change.
relationships, trials, is just a few of the ingredients that go into the story that make up us. As we finish up, I want to invite the band to come on up. So some of the things that the Lord uses and wants to shape in us. Psalm 139 asks, where can I go from God's presence? And then names a few of the different experiences, different trials, situations. If I'm in the shadows, God is there. If I'm in the depths, God's there. Sailing on the seas, God's there too. Knowing me, loving me, healing me, rescuing, watching out and watching over me, reminding me that with the Lord all things are possible. So maybe as we kind of steer towards communion, towards a moment where we remember the promises of God, let me just end maybe with just with this story. This classic C.S. Lewis tale, A Horse and His Boy, it's the story of a young boy, Shasta. Shasta was orphaned at sea. When his parents die in a boat carrying them all, he watches ashore. He's taken by a tyrant fisherman, treats Shasta as a slave. In the story, Shasta just encounters one tragedy after another. And at a particularly low point towards the end of the tale, Shasta has again been left, been abandoned. He's riding alone in the dark. And great tears fill his eyes. He realizes how tragic his journey is, how tragic his story has been. The story picks up, and being very tired and having nothing inside him, Shasta felt so sorry for himself that big tears rolled down his cheeks. What put a stop to all of this was a sudden fright. Shasta discovered that somebody or someone was walking beside him. Who are you? Shasta said in barely a whisper. One who has waited long for you to speak, the thing said. The voice was not loud, but it was very large and very deep. Tell me your sorrows, said the voice. So Shasta told how he had never known his real father or mother, had been brought up sternly by a fisherman. And he told the story of his escape and how they were chased by lions and forced to swim for their lives and all of their dangers in Tashban told about his time in the, in the tombs where beasts howled at him out in the desert, told of the heat and how he was thirsty in the journey in the desert, and how they were almost at their goal when another lion chased them and wounded them, and also how very long it had been since he had eaten anything. I did not call you unfortunate, 
said the voice. Don't you think it was bad luck to see so many lions? Said Shasta. There's only one lion, said the voice. How do you know? Because I was the lion. Shasta gaped with an open mouth and said nothing. The voice continued, I was the lion who forced you to join with the others. I was the cat who comforted you in the tombs. I was the lion who drove the jackals from you while you slept. I was the lion who gave the horse new strength for fear for that last mile so that you would reach the king in time. And I was the lion that you do not remember who pushed the boat in which you lay, a child near death so that it came to shore where a man sat wakeful at midnight to receive you. Aslan had been with Shasta the entire time, caring for him, watching over him, even in the midst of the sorrowful nights, caring for him. Aslan, like Christ, is with all of us in all of our stories and every part of our stories, even when we see him not. This week, as you live into the story that is ahead, I want you to know that God is there for you and for those around you. Let me pray for us.